0: emergency services please you gotta help me there's this weird guy ma'am please ma'am call us when you're dead what the fuck welcome back callers to another episode of call us when you're dead i'm keith and i'm ryan
1: And on today's episode, we are covering the case of Jennifer Levin.
0: You know what's really funny is you and I were talking about this on the car ride out the other day, and I remembered, like, really weird details about this, that you were like, are you a witch? (laughs) Like, I remember there's a Kennedy connection, and all sorts of just really weird things that you were like, well, how do you remember all of that? Right, right. Uh, With us, you know, I guess... What, what's new with you? Um, nothing. <laughs> I mean, we have Christmas coming up with my family this weekend. That will be fun. Yep, yep. We always do Christmas late with my family because it's kind of hard to always just get everybody together. So Christmas is just a little more special for my family because we don't ever do it on Christmas Day. I think there's been one year that we did it on Christmas Eve And it was such a bad snowstorm that we were like, well, never doing that again. Right, right. In other news, though, we do want to do some other special things, I guess, are our callers. Shout outs. Shout outs. We have David J. Doug T. And Kimberly H. Thank you guys so much for being callers. Also, we do want to apologize. If Ryan and I sound a little nasally, we are fighting off a bit of a cold. Not really sure what's going on there. Yep, so just bear with us. Yeah.
1: So, some of you may be familiar with the Jennifer Levin case. However, we are still going to cover it because it fits perfectly in our Season 5 theme of murderous entertainment. With that being said, let's head to New York, August 25th, 1986.
0: Please keep your hands, on and links inside the time machine at all times. Call us when your dad cannot be responsible for any lost limbs. Here, we
1: are going to meet Jennifer Levin, who was only 18 years old at the time. You could say that she had a privileged life. She lived with her successful property agent father in Soho, which if you aren't familiar with, it's a fairly ritzy area in lower Manhattan. She not only attended private schools in Manhattan, she was popular, beautiful, and intelligent. If Jennifer wasn't in the books, she was partying and socializing with her friends.
0: So you would say that she was probably doing the same thing that every 18-year-old was doing, ever.
1: Yeah, more than likely.
0: With that being said, it will lead us into the events that occurred on August 25th, 1986. Jennifer had just returned home from a week of hanging out in the Hamptons, so she decided to meet up with some friends that she hadn't seen in a while that night. They met up at a popular bar on Manhattan's Upper East Side. So you're telling me that she is 18 and going to a bar? Yep. You know the fake ideas were just rolling around. Oh, for sure. Eventually, one of Jennifer's summer flings comes into the bar. He was 19-year-old Robert Chambers. Now, we don't believe it was to cause drama, but supposedly he was feeling blue because one of his other friends had just killed himself. So he wanted to go out and grieve in his own way. Which, you know, everybody grieves in their own way. Nothing wrong with grieving by going to a bar or going to a church. Just whatever way helps you grieve, grieve that way. Right, 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 right. But, you know, do it, do it in a constructive way. Don't, don't become an asshole.
1: Right, right. As the night turned into early morning, people recall seeing Jennifer and Robert leaving the bar together at around 4 a.m., I mean, don't bars typically close at two See, that's what I, I
0: thought, but maybe things are different and Maybe it's not the type of bar that we think it is. Maybe it's one of those like teen hangout bars. Uh it was it was definitely a bar. Oh, okay. I know that. At around 6 a.m. in the morning on August 26, 1986, a cyclist found Jennifer's lifeless, half-naked body in Central Park. Her body was laying twisted near a tree with her top and bra pulled up. Her body and face were covered with several scratches, bite marks, and bruises. Jennifer's left eye was swollen, and her fingernails were bruised. There was also deep red marks across her neck. So she's been strangled as well.
1: Yeah, that's... That's what I would gather from it
0: after they identified Jennifer's body and the news got out. Many people from the bar that night, oh my gosh, many people from the bar the night before came forward to help solve this terrible crime. Nearly all of them mentioned that they recalled seeing Jennifer and Robert leaving the bar together well that's that's good that those people are coming forward right, see. and they know who he was who he was because he's in that same social group, right, right. Okay, callers,
1: with that being said, this is where it's going to get a little tricky. We would normally talk through the crime and what occurred. However, considering there were no witnesses to the crime itself, all we have to go off of is Robert's account of the night and the autopsy report. We will cover both sides of the story, and you can decide for yourselves where the accuracy lies.
0: Because, spoiler alert, Robert is a fucking douche.
1: Good.
0: Before we cover Robert's accounts, we want to mention some something strange that happened the morning Jennifer's body was found. Robert was still in the park, sitting on a nearby wall. When police and ambulance arrived, he never mentioned knowing Jennifer and was sent home by them, along with other bystanders to clear out the crime scene. See, I feel like that is fairly weird. Right, I feel like that is clue number one that you've murdered somebody. <laughs> so with that being said, let's cover Robert's account of that night. When the police arrived to talk with Robert, they noticed scratches on his face. When asked about that, he said that his scratches came from a cat. Some back and forth some back and forth goes on, but eventually Robert did admit that he killed Jennifer, but claims that it was an accident. Robert would go on in explaining the story of how he and Jennifer went to Central Park to have some rough sex that night, and how he and how she used her underwear to bind his hands and behind his back. Then stated he became upset after she kept squeezing his junk. Well, that's a lot on back there. Right. So first he claims, "Oh, I don't know who she is." Then it's, "Oh, a cat did it." Then it's, oh yeah, I kind of know who she is. We went here to have rough sex. That's not something you just kind of know that person. You better know that person. Right. To now she's used my, her own underwear to bind my hands behind my back to then squeeze my testicles. Correct. Right. That well, yep. right, about sums it up. Okay. Responding to the many, multiple testicle squeezes, he reacted by somehow hitting Jennifer in the throat with his arm which probably killed her and knocking her off of him, immediately making her fall backwards on the ground. So he just did a
1: karate chop ninja move and killed her. Right. This is, this is what Robert said happened.
0: I mean, all seems plausible, I guess. Not really. No, it's not. (laughs) Oh, geez. Callers, Just to help you better visualize Robert's account of the night, we are going to give you a couple more details about Jennifer and Robert. Jennifer was a small, petite, young woman. She was only 5 foot 4 inches tall. Robert, on the other hand, was an athletic varsity jock. He was 6 foot 5 inches tall, over a foot taller than Jennifer, and weighed in a muscular 220 pounds. Also, another side note, Robert did have a cat however it would later be later uncovered it was declawed so that pussy ain't scratching
1: so yeah that counteracts the cat scratch his face
0: cat scratch fever
1: but just to think that he is so much bigger than Jennifer Jennifer, right and claiming all this terrible like how he she had him down
0: I'm guessing Jennifer came in at a whopping 120,
1: If 90,
0: 90 when she was wet. Right, right. Little, puny, puny. So their callers is Robert's account of the night and how Jennifer died. No longer denying that he had killed her, but instead insisting it was not intentional. So with that, let's cover the
1: autopsy report. The medical examiner had a difference of opinion when it came to the autopsy. It stated that Jennifer died from pressure to her throat that lasted at least 20 seconds. The autopsy also showed that there were pinpoint hemorrhages in the soft tissue area around her eyes, which showed evidence of compressions on the neck. The official cause of death on the autopsy was... Asphyxia by strangulation. And there were the highlights of the medical examiner and or autopsy report findings.
0: So he just got right to the point. She was strangled to death. That is exactly what he said. I'm sure you guys guessed it by now. Robert was arrested for Jennifer's murder. What? Right. I mean, it's not like there was much to really go on there. Everybody saw you leave with her. You claim that you don't know her. Then you claim your declawed cat killed her or killed hurt you. Oh, my God. Could you imagine if there was a yeah. psycho cat out there just murdering everybody? Right. And then, to make it even worse, after you were questioned and you lied about the cat, you claim that you had your arms behind your back and that she just cut a chop right to the throat. Right. That is just stupid. I just want to know, did he really think he was going to get away with that? Oh, wait till we get to the trial. Oh, I know. It gets real dumb real quick. Real quick. I think this is the longest we are going to spend in a trial because of how dumb the trial is. Pretty much. So this was a interesting
1: 13 week trial. There was no disagreement on Robert being responsible for Jennifer's death. It was more of a matter proving if her murder was premeditated or not.
0: Okay, can we talk about the fact that this was almost four months long of a trial? Yeah, 13 weeks. So I'd say, yeah, three. Yeah, I just did the math in my head. Almost four months. Like we got to three months, but we were getting into that fourth month by the time that this all ended.
1: Yeah, yeah. That is
0: problematic. The, prosecu- the, oh, the prosecution called in medical examiners to testify that Robert's story of the events did not match up with the injuries that were on Jennifer's body. They also pointed out that the injuries on Robert did match up to someone fighting for their lives. Makes sense. And it was not a killer cat. It
1: was not a killer cat. The defense aggressively attacked Jennifer's character. Making her seem that she was she was a harlot and putting her sex life on blast. They claim that she they claim that the marks on Jennifer's body and the marks on Robert's body was simply from a rough
0: sex night in the park.
1: And it was just all a terrible tragedy that had happened.
0: Yeah, I remember that they had taken her journal And every girl has a journal where they have wrote some weird, weird shit in it. And put it up and, like, cherry-picked stuff out of her journal to make her look worse than what she really was.
1: Yes. And
0: they, they, yeah, they really made her look bad. Now, to me, it seems obvious. However, Robert's attorneys was one of the best. After both sides gave closing ar- their closing arguments, it went to the jury. The jury was deadlocked for nine days, both sides nervous, both sides not knowing which way to go. Then, in an instant, it didn't matter anymore because the prosecution and a Robert agreed to a plea deal. Now, can you imagine... Uh, giving
1: closing arguments and then just waiting for jury deliberation and it lasting for nine days over what seems like the most obvious
0: situation there could be, you know. And I just want to point out it's because he was the pretty boy that I think that they had a hard time with that, right? And and they the
1: defense really tore up.
0: Jennifer a lot, yeah.
1: Reputation and whatnot.
0: I do have a big problem with that. I don't think you should be allowed to take somebody's personal journal that didn't have anything to do with the actual case. Now, if there was stuff that talked about like her and Robert in it, then you should be able to admit that into the court for like the whole proof that it is. But you shouldn't be allowed to go through somebody's journal and on page one it talks about, oh, I like this, and on page two it talks about Robert – and then cherry picked this from page 1 and then put this with page 2 to make it look as if she's talking about robert because she never was in that way right 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 like and and i want the callers to understand yeah robert and her had a fling but that fling was like a week long it wasn't it wasn't like this huge over the top emotional thing they did it once and she was like fuck it i don't really like you and it was done
1: right The deal, the plea deal stated that he would plead guilty to first degree manslaughter, which carries a 5 to 15 year sentence, which he would end up serving all 15 years. Plus, he would also be required to admit that he intended to hurt Jennifer to
0: the point of causing her death. So then what was the point of the trial? Because isn't that what they're going to get him on either way? What? Is the fact that he murdered her.
1: Well, it depends on which—so the jury never decided if it was premeditated or not. They were deadlocked. Okay, so—but had they— Had they gotten premeditation, then you're looking at first-degree murder.
0: Okay. Which that could— Come with a life sentence.
1: Yeah, or death.
0: Got, yeah, where this is just a heat of the moment. First-degree is heat of the moment, right? With manslaughter. Yeah, Due to that last part, he was sued by Jennifer's parents in civil case for wrongful death, which they won. He must pay all money, including any income from book or movie deals, plus 10% of his future income, up to $25 million. So, yeah, during that
1: civil part, he pled no contest, so he didn't even fight it.
0: Well, yeah, because at this point, like, he already has a deal, like, he's already pled to it at one point. So, I don't think that he could be able to, to then say not guilty of it in a civil court, correct? Oh, you you can absolutely say not guilty, but. but... then isn't he perjuring himself from that first one because he's pled guilty to, like, he took a plea? No, because it's a
1: completely different case.
0: Okay, So, I always thought that if you took a plea and you got taken to civil court, that you had to stay with the original plea that you took in standard court because if you went to, like, you'd be perjuring yourself from the first plea that you accepted.
1: Not necessarily.
0: But that if you were found not guilty, but then the family wanted to sue you for, you know, in civil court, kind of like OJ then then you could take whatever type of plea
1: right but OJ was found not guilty but he was found guilty in right in the civil
0: court right i guess we got to do some research on that because i always thought that you had to stay with your same plea that you took from the main court yeah you you shouldn't have to because civil and criminal court
1: are two different proceedings and they can't be linked together just because
0: But I thought they could because of the same case. I mean, it'll be used as evidence. Oh, okay. But it doesn't
1: mean it has to be that way.
0: Him turning around at that point and just saying not guilty would have just made him look like a fucking fool because he had already took a plea deal of guilty. Correct.
1: And in his sentencing, he had to admit that he intended to hurt Jennifer to the point of causing Causing her her death. That's why I put that note in there.
0: Yeah, okay,
1: I get it. Last little update. Robert was released from prison on February 14th, 2003. A few years later, he was arrested again and charged with several different counts of drug-related charges. He was eventually sentenced to 19 years in prison. His earliest possible release date is January 25th, 2024.
0: So, how does this case fit into season five theme of murderous entertainment? This murder actually inspired a song by a well known American rock band. I'll give you a hint on the band. They had more notable hits like Miss Atomic Bomb and Mr. Brightside. So, I know you know it, then, yeah? Mm hmm. I do know it.
1: Well, The Killers also had a song called. Jenny was a friend of mine. Which was inspired by the taped confessions that Robert made to police. Again, by Robert's accounts. Remember that? the the I did a karate chop and a cat scratched my face and she died. Yeah, yeah. So according to the website, songmeaningsandfacts.com, the killers tried to narrate the whole incident and how Chambers ended up not being charged with murder.
0: Okay, so we just need to pump the brakes really quick and talk about this. You guys made a song based off of confessions of a very well-known killer at this point. If you guys don't know, this is the Preppy Murders, uh, is what it's going to be better known as. And I have a big—I listened to this song, and I have a big problem with the fact that you guys based a song fully off of somebody's confession and almost idolized this man who murdered a woman in cold blood and then went off and made a song. And now, mind you, the song was made in 2004 or 2005. So it's not like, oh, it just, like, the murders just happened, and we're siding with him because we don't think he did it. No. They were deadlocked. They were deadlocked for the fact that they couldn't figure out if he had premeditated it, or if it was just in the heat of the moment. But yet you guys went out and made a song that still makes it seem like what he did was correct. And that's my issue. Well, it's not that what he did
1: was correct. They tried to narrate the whole incident and how he ended up not being charged with murder. So it's not them justifying what
0: he did. It's them... uh, Taking just one side, which was his. Because they took his confession tape, which is a lie. Like, all of that confession tape was a lie.
1: So... I mean, the whole premise is not to trash on the killers. They're still a musician band, and they—they it wasn't to idolize this uh, murderer. It was to narrate the incident of how he weaseled his way of not being charged with murder.
0: Yeah, I mean, I guess I'm not trying to trash them, but I'm just saying I think we have a big problem of not sometimes getting all of the details and this is one of them where they don't have all of the details or they just didn't look up all of the details
1: and and that could very much be it be it too
0: because we listen to the song and he you know
1: yeah we listen to the song i am personally i couldn't understand anything that was being said because their instrumentals way
0: way too heavy right so
1: i i can't personally without looking up the lyrics specifically so i could follow along but again the killers ain't my cup of tea as far as music but it fit perfectly for the season theme
0: well you don't make my sister hate you she'll get over it (laughs) i'm gonna (laughs) tell her Ooh. so there you guys have it this is the case of jennifer 11 or as some of you may know it as is the preppy murders i hate calling it that the dude was a douche So we understand that we have talked about sexual assault, so we are going to give you guys that number for if you or anybody that you know has been affected by somebody that has been sexually assaulted, it is 800-656-4673 or 800-656-HOPE. Also, we did talk you know we always talk about mental health awareness here and so if you or anybody that you know is suffering from a mental health crisis or has is having suicidal thoughts please contact 988 for any help
1: and please remember to rate review and subscribe to our podcast wherever you listen <clears throat> Also, don't forget to follow us on the socials at facebook.com slash Dead. Follow us on TikTok at calluswindead, where you can see some fun videos of us, or better yet, Dracarys, the sugar gliders Emma and Regina, and of course our fur babies Lola and Bailey. Or
0: you can email us at callusdead at yahoo.com to tell us what you thought about the case, ask questions, ask questions, suggest some cases or just say hi but until then remember to stay strong do everything with love No, there's always hope and in case you forget you can always call, call us when, when you're, you're dead, dead.